This episode of The Energy Pipeline is sponsored by Caterpillar Oil & Gas. Since the 1930s, Caterpillar has manufactured engines for drilling, production, well service, and gas compression. With more than 2,100 dealer locations worldwide, Caterpillar offers customers a dedicated support team to assist with their premier power solutions. The Energy Pipeline is your lifeline to all things oil and gas, to drill down deep into the issues impacting our industry. From the frack site to the future of sustainability, hear more about industry issues, tools, and resources to streamline and modernize the future of oil and gas. Welcome to the Energy Pipeline. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Energy Pipeline. It is me, your host, Jordan Yates, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Lizzie Hurt. We also have a guest here today with a topic you may not have been expecting. We've got Paula Harris, the SVP of Community Affairs and Astros. Yeah, that's right, like the baseball Astros, Foundation's Executive Director. Paula, say hello. Hello. How's everyone? So good. I love that baseball and oil and gas are intersecting and Lizzie and I are here to witness it. Lizzie, would you get us going with some questions? Yeah, I think today's going to be really fun. So thanks for joining us, Paula. Could you just start with a little bit about you? Tell us how did you, what did you start off doing? How did you get here? So my background is oil and gas. I'm a petroleum engineer by trade. I worked for uh, Schlumberger, now known as SLB, for 33 years. I started working on rigs offshore in the Gulf of Mexico back in the 80s when there were very, very few women out there or people of color. And um, got to see the world through SLB with different positions as I went up through training and recruiting and operations and IT even for a while. And I ended um, my 33 years as a director of global stewardship and looking at ESG and putting um, designing, uh, outlining, Slumberjays helping to outline their ESG position um, back seven years ago is when we probably started. And so I... Um, I'm an oil and gas girl, so I, I and we were partners with the Astros, and so there is a tie-in. I kind of knew some of the people, um, and they knew of my background. And when I retired, they, I was offered the position. I wasn't looking for a position. I was retired. I was working on. <laughs> My, working in my backyard in Ancestry.com and um, things that retired people do. And I ran into the owner and we struck up a conversation and he invited me to come run the foundation, which has been a fabulous two years. I've only been with the Astros for, since uh, 2021. That's that's phenomenal and a very interesting career that I'm hoping to hear a little bit more about. But can you can you give an overview also of the Astros Foundation and what do you do on a day-to-day basis? Absolutely. So the Astros Foundation has been around for a couple of decades. Jim has owned the team since the um, 2011, about a decade. And in that decade, we've given out about $50 million in the Houston community. And he developed this to be very focused on five pillars. And so on a day-to-day, we are running 
dozens of baseball fields. We have our Astros Youth Academy where uh, probably about 16,000 kids come through there in a year for baseball instruction and baseball leagues and baseball tournaments um, and softball. Um, also, and then we have nine community leader fields and we're going to tie those in and I'll tell you how those are tied into oil and gas, but there are nine fields across the city. And then we do the city of Houston summer program, the girls and boys, um, other organizations that we do clinics and programming for in youth baseball, but there are four other pillars. Um, last September, this is childhood cancer month. So we just did a big charity games where people who came to the games could buy memorabilia. And we did a big uh, two-day push auction of, of, of items, memorabilia items, and we raised close to a million dollars for candle lighters and sunshine kids and uh, Big Love and Texas Children Hospital Cancer Center and some other organizations that we're giving to also. So childhood cancer is a big um, thrust of ours or a pillar. So is domestic violence and October is domestic violence month. So we had, we give money to the Houston area women's center. We had a lot of domestic violence organizations out at the ballpark set up with tables. Homelessness is a big, is a, as a pillar. And we have our November 11th, we have our big diamond dreams gala and mm-hmm. that closely tied into oil and gas. We'll talk about that also, but it's a big gala and we're featuring Seal as our entertainment this year. And the, and the, the money from that goes to um, New Hope Housing. And the last one is military appreciation and um, military awareness. And that tied in exactly to our sponsors, our corporate partners, and to oil and gas. But we honor military um, veterans and active servicemen every game. You sound busy. <laughs> it's a little busy. It's hot for retirement. <laughs> yeah. It's, I didn't think this was going to be a retirement job. <laughs> it sounds so cool, though. I mean, yeah. I, I I think it's amazing that you're so integrated in the community like this. Like, I've I've seen, you know, looking up local events in Houston, I'll see sometimes like, oh, this is happening at the Astros Stadium. This is happening. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I, I guess it's good for more things than just baseball. Like, that's pretty neat that you guys are utilizing such a awesome space to have so many other positive uh, events going on. I, I love that. Our platform and our brand, lots of companies like to align with us, but especially in Houston, we have a strong alignment with oil and gas companies. I would sure hope so. And that's kind of what we're getting into with this episode is sort of the thought behind how a baseball team comes and says, you know, I want partnerships, sponsorships, things like that aligned with oil and gas. I mean, oil and gas is, I mean, I'm biased because I think it's amazing. You have the background in it. You, you know, have lived it, but not everybody's first choice would be oil and gas. So we'd kind of like to learn a little bit more about like how that relationship um, works with you guys between sponsors. Um, let me get into our first actual question. That was more of a statement, I suppose. Um, so I guess, could you, could you share any examples of the collaborations that you've done with oil and gas companies? So one of the big partnerships that Jim started a, a decade ago was our community leaders and our community leaders are companies that, um, invest a lot in sponsorship and signage and, and um, 
making sure their brand is well represented in the stadium, but also they take and sponsor and um, invest in community. And so what that looks like is that we have taken nine city parks in inner city areas and companies who are community leaders. We redo those parks. We provide little league baseball, uniforms, equipment, and an upkept uh, baseball field year-round for year-round playing, getting kids out in the parks. And those are ConocoPhillips and Qantas and Calpine and Chenier and Schlumberger and Halliburton and Oxy, along with Chevron. So the, our community leaders program is our, almost like a signature program because we mm-hmm. have thousands and thousands of kids that wouldn't have access to um, the expenses that um, baseball helps, uh, you know, has families to incur, but also access to outdoors and healthy living and coaches and and travel and um, and they have access to Minute Maid because almost they those nine throughout 81 games uh, home games right those nine leagues uh, coming in through the park to be highlighted to enjoy a game to be out on the field with their sponsors sometimes and to make sure that those kids have access to the park and to baseball so that is driven completely by our community leaders and our partnerships with the companies I called out and who are um, instrumental in making sure we put baseballs and baseball bats in the hands of um, inner city children. No, that's very powerful, and you you guys can see the impact that you have. Can can you talk a little bit more about how do you select these spark the sponsors and partners um, that align with the values that you have? So we spend, we have a whole um, community partnerships group that we we go and we sit and we have to understand what their initiatives and mission and values are. What do they want their employees engaged and is there something else they want that someone want baseball and like Oxy, we have a, we've taken a school bus and, um, and turned it into, transformed it into a, what we call the literacy bus. Hmm. And so this year alone, the literacy bus had goes to schools and gives out free books to the tune of 30,000 free books in 2023. Oh. And so if there are initiatives or things that they believe in school supply drives, we do with Oxy, we do, we actually do books and birds, which is during Thanksgiving with Chenier. Um, Halliburton likes to go into their little league field and bring out kids meals to make Aww. sure that those families are have access to food over the weekend and after the games and stuff. And so we've done opening day at all of the parks with our partners. Um, ConocoPhillips has a very interesting program that's so instrumental and impactful. Once a month, they highlight a math teacher. She gets to come out on the field. She gets a lot of uh, ConocoPhillips and Astros um, swag. And she's honored for being a strong math teacher in the area. So to, to put that importance on educators, I mean, you're changing lives because now she understands the respect that the Houston Astros, Astros Foundation and ConocoPhillips and the entire community of Houston has for her. So hopefully we're motivating and uplifting teachers through on a baseball field, on a given Tuesday, Wednesday night, right? And so being able to partner and understand what our um, sponsors, where their interests lie and how to align to make sure that we're maximizing the brand and maximizing the 
um, attention and the marketing given to it and yet impacting the community. It's kind of something we have to sit down and design on a per sponsor, per company basis. So we want to make sure that our sponsors are getting what they need out of this partnership also. I, I was just about to ask that, like these different programs that each of them seem to participate in, is it like they come up with the ideas and say, we want to partner with you? Or is it kind of 50-50? What is the behind the scenes of this? Usually I sit with, uh, I'll go look at their website and, and some of the companies, because I've been in this industry for a long time, I already know. And sometimes sponsorship is kind of, Uh, vetted out to see what they are trying to accomplish. And then we sit down with ideas. And sometimes I give them a whole two or three pages of ideas and they say, now we want to kind of do this. And we take that and, uh, and we'll model it into something that fits into our pillars and fits into theirs and fits into the ballpark and is still impactful. So it's ongoing. Sometimes we'll try something and we may tweak it or change it up the next season. Um, we will go back to our partners and say, is this really what you wanted or is this, is there something we can do differently? And so it's, it's a, it's a team effort that we all work together to make sure that everyone's needs are met, the communities, the partners, and of course the Astros. Is there any times that you have to kind of draw the line in the sand and be like, this doesn't quite align with our vision. Like maybe it's a good idea, but it's not something that the Astros want to be branded with. Is, is that ever a conversation that kind of comes up? I have not had that yet. I'm sure it's been around, but in my two years, I haven't. We are really, really open to diverse ideas. Mm -hmm. That's kind of my specialty to be able to bring things in and make it align. Uh, There are companies that want to do social justice, domestic violence, Mm -hmm. or um, whether it's, you know, Pride or Jackie Robinson Day. We have something for everyone, right? And so, if it's um, with kids, it's easy. Yeah. Um, I'm a STEM girl. So before I think there was some aversion, how are we going to bring STEM in? We have a phenomenal robotics program where the kids are in robotics camp all week. What? And then on the weekends, we set up a whole robot field right there on every Sunday home game. During the summer, there's a robot field and the kids that were in the camp get free tickets and they come get to show what they've learned. And then other kids in the park get to play and use the levers and use the equipment to to play with robots and hopefully to spark their interest. So uh, anything I I can just about if, if, if it's something that a client or a sponsor wants, we can just about design it and um, bring it back home to baseball or or make it a place for it in a baseball stadium. Paula, I'm really going to be testing my abilities to be a host who follows an outline as I am like (laughs) wanting to geek out with you on your engineering background and just start going down that rabbit hole. But I know we promised the listeners we would keep it about community (laughs) engagement. So Lizzie, redirect us, please, or else I'm going to go down a rabbit hole. (laughs) I I think that's that's so cool to to hear about how you guys have brought the robotics into it. I, I'm honestly surprised that we probably end up doing a podcast over there or something if Jordan has her <laughs> yeah. way. She loves robotics so much. Um, but it, it sounds like you do a lot of really good work. One, hearing what everybody wants to do, and that helps get both parties invested and then taking feedback. And that that's always good um, as well. And I imagine because you do that, you have a lot of really strong relationships with these partners that last years after year, year after year after year. Um, Do you have any comments on that, about how you keep those relationships with these sponsors going over time? 
Absolutely. We have events and we have our partners in the park a lot. A lot of them have suites and we do special uh, employee events for them or have their employees out at the Little League parks. But on top of that, Lizzie, um, things like today, (laughs) I, I was invited by Chevron to the state of the city. So I got to sit and talk to them about some other opportunities out at the Chevron Golf Center. Um, yesterday, I was out with Apache, which is a, also a client, and I was speaking to their ERG, their African-American uh, employees. So we do a lot of bringing them in for receptions, bringing in empl- their employees, bringing in speaker series. Uh, most many voices participate as one of our speaker series. Paula, what is it like after, you know, when you studied petroleum engineering, when you did, now being where you are today, working with these heads of companies at these large oil and gas companies, like how does that feel for you? I'm like getting chills just thinking about it. <laughs> it's it's actually amazing. Um, a lot of these guys, we grew up together, yeah. <laughs> right? Because they were young reservoir engineers. The CEO of Patterson and I went to Texas A&M together, started field engineers together. I, I And I, that's why I'm a good fit here because it is an oil and gas town and I am an oil and gas girl and I have a lot of relationships. I, I'm blessed where I sit on three corporate boards and all of them are energy related. So I know these guys. I served as president of the Petroleum Club of Houston and uh, a lot of these guys are members. So it's it's very fun to be able to be on the fun side, you know, whereas we used to be, you know, talking about um, products and technology with Schlumberger. Now they call <laughs> when they need a sign back by your dawn because <laughs> they want to give it away at a, at an employee event and they know my number and how to get me. So having these long, long lasting relationships and, um, being able to service, I mean, it's just like SLB and Slumberjay is a service company and sitting in this seat, I feel like I have client, the same clients and I'm just providing a service to make sure that they are getting what they need from their community engagement. That is so much fun. Um, I'm just going to forget that I heard you say that I can go to you for a signed bat for your <laughs> dog. <laughs> I'm not going to harass you. Um, but I'm curious, like, besides, I mean, I feel like a lot of these companies have the brand awareness aspect. Like, what is the return on investment for them? Because, like, people know who Oxy is. Like, why would they put their their logo on a jersey? Like, why? what are they getting out of it? Like, what's the metrics like for them? We know who Oxy is because we're in a we're in the oil capital of the world. But mm-hmm. to have that patch shown around the globe to the Minnesota Twins fans <laughs> and the Denver, you know, it, it really elevates um, Astros. Um, our brand and being able to to be with our brand is very important. So that's why you, when you walk in and you see the big signage, a lot of these aren't companies that you're going to buy going to their gas station or you're. You're not going, they're B2Bs, Mm -hmm. but they want you to know that they're good community partners, that they are community leaders, that they are engaged in the Houston community, and they want their employers and their future employers. It helps them with recruiting, right? Mm -hmm. For to have that name awareness as a leader in oil and gas and in the transition and just to, to know that these are leaders in the industry is really important. And I think aligning your name with ours helps even helps that. And and we do how many, you know, those community leader signs are right there. So a lot of times when uh, home runs are hit, they hit those, you know, so yeah. ESPN, Fox, <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> sports. All, all your name is on TV, on the big, on the big screens across the uh, globe, because you are community leaders, and there's a value to there. There's a dollar value on how often it's shown, and we we absolutely help our clients and our sponsors to know how much they are being seen by being part of our family. Doesn't hurt when you're winning the World Series either. Nope, you're really nope. out there in national television. <laughs> you are out there and it really helps. <laughs> Lizzie, anything that you wanted to to ask? I know I, I went on one of my classic Jordan tangents. No, it's good. <laughs> So obviously the oil and gas industry, Paula, faces perception challenges. We're all aware of that. How has the Astros sponsorships contributed to fostering understanding between various groups and maybe helped some of those perception challenges? Right. Um, especially with young people. And we, as an oil and gas industry, had some have some work to do to make sure that we're not this enclosed homogeneous fraternity that everyone needs our product and we don't have to set, you know, we don't have to sell it because you're going to, you, you're going to want to turn on your lights and turn your car key. And so we have to make sure that people understand the value we bring and, and understand that uh, how much they are dependent on them, just as we are dependent upon the community. And so I think that is a excellent reason why so many oil and gas companies have aligned with us so that you see their brand, so that potential employees see their brand so that kids and the younger generation understand that these are companies that are bringing books, that are planting trees, that are doing things in the community and making sure we have access to baseball. And as they dig a little deeper, they're going to see, well, these are the same companies that are leading the transition and looking for ways to be more energy efficient and to be more earth friendly. So perception, I think that I think that these oil companies understand that the oil and gas industry understands that even if you are not selling oil and gas, we have to make sure our brand is known as leaders in making the world a better place. And this is a good place to start, right? To show yourself around the city, around our viewing area and around the whole United States as leaders in community and leaders in earth friendliness, leaders in the transition for our next generation, for our current generation, and definitely for our communities. Now, I really yeah. liked how you touched on um, people want to help make oil and gas a better industry and be a part of the transition, make it cleaner. And, you know, I've always gotten questions like, how can you feel okay about doing what you're doing? It's like, well, you can either be involved and make it better or completely turn your back on it. So it's, it's kind of a fun challenge, at least for, for me. Um, Another question for you, Paula, how do you measure success with your organization? Obviously, and I was just talking about this today at work, but metrics is a huge way to tell how something is successful or not. Um, can you talk about what you guys look at? So we definitely look at how many um, lives we touch, right? Mm-hmm. Was it Whether it's with, through domestic violence or whether it's how many military, how much we've invested or how many people with, with uh, military appreciation, definitely with youth in baseball or childhood cancer. So lives we touch, about amount of money we raise and invest in the communities and and amount of people we get to bring into the park. This year, I've gave out um, close to 80,000 free 
tickets to nonprofits and youth groups and people who wouldn't have even been exposed or first timers in our park. So our ability to open our doors and make sure that the community gets to um, understand and appreciate. And then the things we see in the community, you know, uh, a lot of times we get a lot of awards for our volunteers. The Houston Food Bank has us down as a presidential goal because we send volunteers there regularly. Kids Meals, we won um, a award as their favorite organization that helps support them. And so to see us in the community, the Astros Foundation, as an organization that the community knows we're here to support, we're here to provide access, we're here to provide impact. And so those type of activities and um, um, engagements really, really help us to know that we're out there, that people, you know, we can't even get all of the kids that, you know, want to come to our Astros Youth Academy anymore. You know, so, you know, having to open up new classes because that's really busy. So just the, the, the way that we've seen our name and our brand as Astros Foundation be known and uh, respected and um, utilized. That's so cool. Um, is it often that people are shocked by how involved in the community the Astros actually are? They are. They are. Um, you know, it used to be we were the best kept secret and we don't want to be the best kept secret yeah. anymore. We wanted people to know what we're doing and, and how we're doing it and, and how they can help. So I mentioned volunteers. We have over 4,000 volunteers that are in their Astros Foundation T-shirts and out in the community. Medical Bridges, Sunshine Kids, just they're out there volunteering every day to the tune of close to a million dollars worth of free labor wow. to nonprofits, you know. And so being able to say that that's the, that's the kind of impact we're making and uh, count those metrics are really, really important to us. Absolutely. That's so cool. Got to measure L- it. Looking, uh, yeah. <laughs> you always, you always got to put a metric on it when people are spending money. That's um, it. <laughs> looking ahead, what potential opportunities exist for further collaborations between sports teams like the Astros and oil and gas companies and other people that are wanting to be a part of the Astros initiative? So you always have the opportunity to volunteer with us or send your employees or companies that say, we want our partnership, we want with the Astros is going to be very employee centric. So I, I in turn will find places and times and opportunities for groups of employees to volunteer. But sponsorship, we always need sponsorship. Our college classic is coming up in February. We've had this college baseball tournament for 23 years and it's had different title sponsors and now we have an opening for that title sponsor and I mean University of Texas LSU, Louisiana Tech, U of H Vanderbilt, it's going to be some great teams and it can be the your your name, place your name here, College Classic. It's going to have lots and lots of people out and a lot of kids. So I've been talking to drilling companies and um, different companies and oil and service companies about your ability to recruit, your ability to put your brand name on a College Classic. And of course, college kids are, are who a lot of us are looking for, mm-hmm. this next generation. So we are, um, we, and there are other 
other opportunities. We have a big Hall of Fame wine dinner every March. Uh, I mean, and it is a tasting in the Gallagher Club before the season starts. I'm ready to put a sponsor on that one. So and there are plenty of ways to sponsor. There's plenty of ways to get your employees involved. And of course, signage and community leader pro- programs We can design it to fit your needs. That's amazing. (laughs) Paula, I have to ask you one very controversial question. You feel free to answer, not answer, up to you. Okay. Who is your favorite player? (laughs) I know, don't hurt feelings. I I know you may have to tread lightly. Do you have a favorite? I think it changes every year, but I can tell you why this year. Tell me. First of all, he's so doggone cute. But (laughs) Jeremy Pena came to us this year and said he wanted to do something in schools. And so we designed a whole program for him and helped him to design where every Friday we bring in kids who their school has said, oh, they're shown character. They have good attendance. Their grades have improved. And they get five of them get to come out on the field every Friday with Jeremy. And we give them markers and the cleats he's going to wear. And they color his cleats. And they're called Pena's pals and he is so adorable he's so good with them he takes them out to batting practice he introduces them to the team they take off the parents and the teachers are going crazy in the stands watching us at batting practice and every friday night i'm just so amazed on how well he does that so that's this season this season i love the program that we got to design with him i love the work and we we uh nominated him for the the selling award for award for this and i just have liked watching him with kids. But hey, there are others. Mayton Mondays with Cancer Kids. We had Framber's Friday Bowling. So they they all are very active. The team yeah. is so well in the community. And um, I'm so proud of how, how well they have supported the Astros Foundation. That is, that just is so sweet. <laughs> so heartwarming, too. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Yeah, we're we're big Astros fans here, no doubt. We have a dog named Bregman, so oh. um, yeah, I I know Gray's not related to oil and gas, but it's okay. We're <laughs> Astros fan. I, it was funny when I I first met this dog. I was not an Astros fan, and I didn't know it was an Astros player. And I was like, what kind of <laughs> weird, is- pretentious <laughs> name for a dog is this? And it Bregman. was like Bregman. <laughs> what is this like a family name? And then I watched a baseball game. And I was like. Oh, oh Greg Bregman Bombs. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, this makes more sense. This makes a lot more sense. But that's, it's just, it's so fun. Like the way that the Astros have just, you know, slowly creeped into all of our lives one way or another. And it's clearly not by accident. You are doing the most at the foundation. And I, I just applaud you. I'm so excited now that I'm more aware of everything going on to see your community engagement and like how it builds and the way oil and gas will continue to contribute. Lizzie, do you have any remaining thoughts or questions for Paula? No, I thought it was a really good conversation. Thank you so much for joining us, Paula. And, you know, I got to ask just to maybe bring this back to engineering one more time. Since we do have three um, female engineers on the call. Uh, any any other comments that you have on STEM outreach? Um, I believe I also saw you've written some books. I did. I did. And my, I, I've written two. One was uh, early in my career. I was kind of looking for the book because I didn't grow up in a corporate family. And it's called Four Sister, the Guide for Professional Black Women, which I loved. It, it helped me grow just by interviewing the people and best practices and lessons learned. But my favorite is when I grow up, I want to be an engineer. 
and it introduces kids to engineering. SLB sponsored it. It's been given it's been given over two hundred thousand um, kids and organizations. It's been translated into four or five languages. So we really I'm about to bring it back into print as an Astros Foundation book that we put on the literacy bus. But that's my thing: introducing girls, kids of color, kids of lower socioeconomic into STEM. Um, one of the, my my I guess my thing that I'm most proud of is I served on HISD school board years ago and we opened up an all girls engineering school that has had 10 years now of girls wow. coming through of all backgrounds, all races, all socioeconomic that are coming through and are engineers or STEM grads. And even if they didn't do engineering in STEM in college or as a profession, they are curious and intellectual and good thinkers, but there are plenty who are also engineers, and I'm oh. very, very proud of that. Oh, that's, that's amazing. Oh, that's so cute. That, that That's amazing that the book is going to be on the uh, liter- literacy bus. Is that right? Yes. That's yes. Great. Fantastic. Very exciting. Well, Paula, thank you so much again for joining us. And guys, I hope you enjoyed. And thanks for listening to another episode of The Energy Pipeline. We'll see you next week. Come back next week for another episode of The Energy Pipeline a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. To learn more, go to OGGN.com.